We are one quarter into the season already, Josh. Overreactions to the season, overreactions to potential offensive MVP, MVP of the league, defensive MVP. Week four brought so many question marks, so many determinations. And how did we react? Josh Yenko will do that for you today. Josh, how you doing? I am still hurting from yesterday. Oh. But time heals all wounds. Other than that, I'm ready to rock and roll. I'm happy you're back. Yeah. I did a two-week solo, and then you did a week solo. I did chime in last week a little bit. You did. That's right. You did. Horrible. You did. Recording. Did you catch uh, yourself? You were in and out a lot. I mean, I get it. You were at school, and I'm sure the signal there isn't all that great, but... It's good to have you back, Yanko. I did catch myself getting in and out a lot. And something that you've brought to my undivided attention is how I tend to speak and enunciate differently on the podcast (laughs) and solely on the podcast than I would do in real person. But regardless of what it is, my point is to be honest with you, I mentioned this to a couple of peeps uh, that I mentioned or that I talked to over for the pod that are listeners i just want to put this out i apologize uh for the people when i the first time that i went solo i caught myself doing this a lot uh uh, uh, so that was very annoying for me it was a little hard because i was writing solo and there was a lot of stuff going on i was watching the monday night football game at the same time i try to catch myself so if you hear this and I start saying, uh, uh, please call me out. That way I can refrain from doing such a thing. And I said that, Yanko, because to a certain degree, although yours is more funny than annoying, uh, it always seems like oh, you have you just peanut did it. butter. <laughs> I know. Uh, we'll see if you're doing atten- paying attention. I tell you, when you talk, it's like if you have peanut butter stuck in your in your palate there, Yanko, but, uh, well, I can tell you that there isn't any peanut butter, although <laughs> I prefer crunchy rather than creamy. And although my enunciation might stick or slur or all come together, sounding completely different when I'm, than what I'm trying to say, my point is as clear as mud. Does that make sense? Yes. I However, appreciate that, Yanko. It's a palette that is tailored to fit the needs wants and hopefully opinions that aren't necessarily static, but more vibrant and, and illuminated for the listeners of this podcast. Let's start. Let's start. And I think the quicker we talk about it, the easier it is to get over with and the healing process begins. Let's talk Monday night and then let's go backwards. We'll go Monday night and then kind of just quickly brush on the actual NFL games go, leading back to Thursday. We'll do some overreactions, and then we'll jump into fantasy. And then what we're going to do is Josh is going to talk about Chuko. I'm going to talk about FFF since we're both, well, he's in both leagues. I'm only in one of them. Shout out to Princesita who keeps uh, denying my resume and request. And we'll just just go with the flow uh, with that. So 
Monday Night Football delayed because of a lightning storm in an indoor facility. I don't. I don't get it. That. I don't get it. I don't understand it. And to quote John Gruden on the lightning delay in LA, I thought it was a joke. I thought it was a joke. The only time I can remember of something so not necessarily idiotic because it was a legitimate thing, but delaying a game to a level where you could think it's affecting a team or not. Do you remember the Niners Ravens Super Bowl? Yes. With the, the lighting. power outage. Yeah. The power outage, the lighting. And that's a complete, I'm not comparing it apples to apples or orange to oranges. No. However, I think there is something to say about a player's way of getting ready for a football game being affected if you're thrown off schedule. A lot of these players are superstitious, creatures of habit, and I'm not making an excuse for the Raiders, but I thought it was a little bit of a joke. What say you? First, I thought it was a joke. I, I'm just going to put this out there. And, and I know we're going to dive in right now. But this, this made no sense to me. So they asked the players not to set foot in the field. At that point, the Chargers stayed in the locker room because they were aware. Somebody mentioned it to them. I'm sure the NFL has personnel within every facility that alerts when these things happen. The Raiders make it out to the field. And then I'm sure somebody from the organization told the Raiders that they had to go back because of what was happening. So you, you get both teams to leave the field. Or at one point, just the Raiders because the Chargers were in the locker room. Yet, the fans were in the stands and the broadcasters were in the field. So, what's the deal? Even the broadcasters said during their live broadcasting that they had to improvise. Wait, if everyone was sent back in, what are we doing on the field? Made no sense. I'm sure there's some kind of clarification. Shout out to uh, Healthy Dynamic who tried to explain it on the he did. messenger. And if it was serious or not serious, I appreciate the, uh, the initiation of starting a conversation in which I was already feeling a little weary of the Raiders in general. I wasn't 100% optimistic. And last night was a first half of an obliteration of their offense on their offensive line. The second half was a different story. I told you this off air today, being down 21 points, you have to have a perfect game, regardless of who you are to make up 21 points. Ironically, during the broadcast, they said the last time they made up such a feat was in the 1980s against the Broncos, and they did make up 21 points and a half. I was hopeful because the game plan coming out of halftime was obvious. Score, stop, score, stop. And that's exactly what they did other than the last score. They blow the top open with rugs, get to the opposing part of the field, stall out. On their offensive drive, Carlson mixes, misses a field goal, and that's all she wrote. I think there's something to say optimistically about how the Raiders came out, about how they responded, and how they were able to clamp down 
And I'm not sure if it was offensive play calling on the Chargers side because they did not expose the fact that two starting cornerbacks were gone from the game, Mullen and Arnett. However, give credit where credit is due. The Chargers are a good team. They're loaded. The Raiders made a point to shut down Allen and Mike Williams. Shout out to Mike Williams. But Jared Cook and their other tight end is what made the difference. And then obviously, pound for pound, Austin Eckler just took over. You know the next time, you know when the next time the Raiders see the Chargers? January? The last game of the year. January. So that could be a very, very important game leading into playoffs if and when they both keep pace in their own division to stay relevant. This is assuming that both teams are stay consistent uh, throughout the year. That's my that's all I had to say about last night. What say you, Josh? I told you we talked briefly before the game kicked off, before the lightning and everything happened. We had grown accustomed for whatever reason that this offense, the Raiders offense, has extremely or very low, slow starts. The Ravens game proved it, and so did the Dolphins game proved it. In both instances, the Raiders found themselves 14-0. However, I express to you, if you want to call it the keys of victory, right, between you and I, I mentioned that if the Raiders started slow again, that will not bode well for the rest of this game. And ironically, that's exactly what happened. Whether, again, it's a coaching thing, whether it's a psyche thing, whether it be because of the lightning storm that delayed kickoff maybe about another half hour, whatever the case might be, you found yourself 21 points in the hole entering halftime. And you're very eloquently put it right now. They came out the second half with a strategy. It kind of sort of worked. They scored 14 unanswered. And the turning point or the momentum was shifted on that drive with a missed field goal. Now, I dove in or we dove in to that specific drive in the coulda, woulda, shoulda. The only thing that sometimes boggles my mind, and I'm in no way, shape, or form a coaching, a coach, or a football genius. I just don't understand why they get so enamored at times with certain players or with certain plays that are utilized for certain players. It seems that there's no balance. And I feel that's exactly what happened on that drive. I know you were running red hot with Hunter Renfro, which you and I have already discussed and agreed privately that the Raiders had to involve him more. However, they have him being the best player on the team right now. Right. And they have, and that's great. But if I, that I am not an expert and and sitting at home watching this game, how it unfolded in that third and three, I knew that it was going to Renfro. Can you imagine a defensive coordinator that it gets paid paid to stop opposing offenses and to get and, and to adjust his game plan and, and its scheme throughout the game 
He knew that they were going to Renfro. And you saw the replay, and they played it perfectly because they bracketed him. Mm-hmm. And Carr, that, that was where he was going, apparently. And he just hold on to the ball, and he took the sack. And that's fine. I'm not putting it on Carr. He could have rolled out. He could have thrown it to Waller, whatever. Edwards, Ruggs, whatever. I just feel that sometimes, although John Gruden has done great with the offense and we've seen what this offense is capable of and we both love what Gus Bradley is doing on defense as well the defense has come a long way that's my part of frustration on sometimes the offensive play cost selections or how the game is flowing that sometimes it feels like you have tunnel vision but nonetheless I feel the Chargers were a better team uh, in every facet Perhaps in special teams, they ran the ball way better than the Raiders did. And I think that's what kind of tilted the the pendulum to the Chargers direction. The defense got tired. They got gassed. Defensive line got gassed. Absolutely. Although they, they did secure a couple of sacks. Nonetheless, I told you, we got them on the way back. I did feel we were going to split the series this year. And I don't think the score really tells a story of what happened in that game. It was basically a tale of two halves. It was. And the Raiders just came up short. So it, it is was. what it is. It was. And there, if you recall, there was an e- a year that the Raiders went undefeated in the division. However, lost every game outside of the division. And that still wasn't enough to make the playoffs. And I'm, I'm weary and hopeful that that doesn't happen again. But enough about Monday night. Uh, the Raiders are still three and one, uh, still considered within the top 15 teams, actually number 11, according to NFL.com, after uh, reacting to week four. So let's you and I react uh, just quick notes that if we were able to see some of the games or based on our fantasy outcomes uh, to our particular leagues of week four in the NFL. Let's go backwards. Sunday night, Patriots, Bucks. I'm going to describe it with one, one, two, three, three words. Brady barely won. I think what you did there. You're doing you're doing your version of Colin Cowherd. Hey, if it works, why not? Brady barely won. He was logically and intelligently matched with the person who made him who he was or is. However, you have a rookie quarterback who stood up to what. I'm starting to think isn't as a prolific as a defense as it was last year. Missed field goal. Let's say they make it. They're up one point. You still have Brady with um, 50 seconds, give or take. Give or take. So there still might have been a chance uh, for the Bucks to take that. But Patriots end up losing to the Bucks on Sunday night. Any thoughts on, on that game? It was very defensive. Weather did play a factor, but I think for all those people who perhaps because of everything that transpired the week of the book came out, the statements, the, the who, the what within the Patriots organization while Tom Brady was there and Robert Kraft involved as well. I feel that Bill Belichick really proved to you and me and everybody, and he has nothing to prove on why he's regarded as a very intelligent head coach. Because for the most part, for the better part of that game, 
he had Tom Brady controlled on the wraps. They stalled a lot of drives that they walked away with a lot of field goals. And I feel that that my biggest takeaway was, okay, yes, Tom Brady is the GOAT. But perhaps he wouldn't have been able to do so if it wouldn't have been for Bill Belichick. It, it's kind of go, they go hand in hand. Absolutely. Bill Belichick wouldn't have won by themselves if they didn't have Tom Brady. And Tom Brady wouldn't have won by himself, although he did prove that winning a Super Bowl with Bruce Arians. But he wouldn't have had that much success and if it would have been for Bill Belichick. So it's a 50-50 thing. But it was a good game. Yeah, absolutely. And Patriots are on a hole, one and three. Ouch. That moves the Buccaneers to three and one. And let's go to another three and one team or teams with the Ravens and Broncos. Uh, Ravens battled the Broncos in Denver. And what I have to say about that is the QB is no lock. What does that mean? Well, Teddy went out with a concussion. In comes Drew Locke. Needless to say that the Broncos lost pretty heavily and some controversy at the end. How do you feel about this, Josh? Lamar running a play to continue a streak in trash time. Fangio was not happy. Harbor, Harbaugh, there's that peanut butter, Harbaugh fires back. I'll go first. I agree with it. The game, they're not going to score 16 points with that much time. And it's a record that boosts the morale of your team. It makes no difference. They didn't score. It was just to keep a record going. I side with Harbaugh sometimes, on that one. Sometimes we, we, we kind of nitpick these guys, right? There could have been a lot of things that could have gone wrong. The hypotheticals, right? Well, what if in that play, you, somebody has a serious injury and it's kind of meaningless? To me, it comes down to this. If it means that much for your team, why not? If that's going to help or boost your morale of your team or reward perhaps your offensive linemen, those unspoken heroes that contribute to that record, by all means. They didn't score. They didn't run up the score. They just pretty much ran a play for them to have hit. I think it was over 100 yards, right, consecutively. Yeah. That's what they, that's what they were striving for. Yep. And they got it. And that's it. So I understand also Fangio's perspective, but at the same time, if that's going to help your team in the way of your morale and give credit where credit is due, if that's going to do something for your team offensively in the case of Baltimore, why not? Absolutely. And the Ravens help the Raiders out by beating the Broncos. And now you have a three-way tie and wins and losses. Three and one, Denver, LA, and Las Vegas. And then you have two and two Chiefs. I'll take that any day. Let's yes. go to the Steelers Packers. Packers win it 27 17. Uh, shout out to Hall of Lame. It looks like your team, bro, is back on track. Go, Pack, go. Indeed. I'm sure Mr. Juanito is pretty, pretty excited, pretty stoked. After that debacle in week one, and much just, there's not much to say there. No, Packers, other than Packers win. I think it just continues to prove that the Steelers are having a down year. And this might be Mike of, Tomlin's first losing season. Yeah. And a couple Crazy. of shows ago, 
I said that the Steelers needed to draft a quarterback. I forgot that they actually did draft a quarterback. The quarterback from Florida, kind of the same build as Big Ben. I'm surprised that he hasn't been on the sideline because they still have Mason Rudolph. and Probably really raw. Dwayne yeah. Haskins. I will say one thing. I forgot to mention this, Yanko. I will say one thing about the Packers. Just one. I heard a lot about how the Packers, specifically Aaron Rodgers, is very dependent on Devontae Adams. Okay. Devontae Adams is Devontae Adams at. Well, it goes to show you perhaps that A-Rod is a little sensitive and he's hearing everything that the media puts out there. Because what did he do this time around? He featured Randall Cobb. And Randall Cobb was all over the field. And that was good for the Packers. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's a good thing because it kind of brings balance, right? You know, yep. Devontae is going to get the looks. We, ob- we obviously understand that he's the go-to person other than Aaron Jones. But it was nice to see Aaron Rodgers involving another person that he's very familiar with in the form of Randall Cobb and silencing his critics, at least through that, through that end. Absolutely. And it kills uh, fantasy owners who have Devontae. So yes. Ouch town population owners of Devontae in fantasy. Next up, we had the battle of the undefeateds in the NFC West Cardinals Rams. And what a shellacking that was. Uh, the birds take it to the Rams took 37, 20. Uh, you know what? Three to one isn't bad. However, the Cardinals flex their little beak muscles in LA for that matter. So we had two blowouts uh, consecutively uh, Cardinals Rams, Chargers Raiders. I don't think there's anything to say other than I think the Rams bounce back and the Cardinals uh, definitely start to build in what seems to be a really, really good football team. That was a huge victory for the Cardinals. They had not beaten the Rams, I believe, in nine straight occasions. So the Rams pretty much owned the Cardinals. And A.J. Green showing up. They came out, and they came out firing. And you know what? I think the Cardinals are very, at least when we've seen, they're starting to figure out the balance. And I'll be the first person to tell you this. I was not a believer of Mr. Kingsbury. But it seems that he has figured it out, the yep. head coach of the Cardinals. He's yep. got the offense playing well. Uh, we, we have a – what was uh, the defensive coordinator, the head coach for the for the Broncos, for the Donkeys? Fangio? No, before Fangio. Not, not Fangio. Previous to Fangio. Oh, he, man. He's a defensive coordinator. He's a, de- he's, a, he's a defensive coordinator right now. And fun fact, Dinko, I really found this out this week. Do you know who the running backs and the offensive line coach is? No. The Cardinals? The former head coach of the UTEP Miners, Sean Kugler. Oh. So there you go. Did you mean Vance Joseph? Vance Joseph. There you go. Yes. Vance Joseph. It was after Gary Kubiak. That's right. That's right. It was after Kubiak. Uh, But a very convincing victory. It's not yep. overreaction, at least in my perspective. But the, these teams are going to beat each other up. Similar oh, to AFC yeah. West, NFC West is headed there. And round one belongs to the Cardinals. As simple as that. Yep. Cardinals ram the Rams in LA. Yeah. We have Seahawks Niners in Santa Clara. Seahawks win 28-21. Jimmy G goes out with an apparent calf strain. Questionable to return. May return this week. 
Jimmy G does c- continues to make a state for himself that is one of two things. Either one, the Niners do depend on Jimmy G, and they've seen that Trey Lance necessarily can't carry the team just yet. And two, injuries continue to plague Jimmy. I think the Seahawks came out. I did catch a little bit of that game. I was in El Paso this weekend visiting uh, family, and my dad is a Niners fan. So we got to see it off and on. And the Niners, man, their defense looks good, but Russell was just something else. Uh, the Niners have to the Niners have to put something together uh, soon if they want to be relevant in the NFC West because of what we just said. There's two teams above them that are are really good. What say you? Yeah, it's it's not a panic panic just yet. Everybody's dealing with injuries, correct? But once again, we find ourselves in another in a similar role with the 49ers, hence why they drafted Trey Lance. Not necessarily to be the heir apparent this year, but if if it forces you to due to Jimmy Garoppolo's health, it seems we're gonna see Trey Lance a little bit sooner than expected. The game to a certain degree, not that it was not that it was out of hand, but it seemed that Seattle was in control much throughout the game. And at one point it was obviously 28-14 or 28-13. Yeah. Either way, though, it's a good game. And much much like the Cardinals and the and the Rams outcome, division games do matter. However, if you're a San Francisco 49er fan, you just humbly bow out and say Seattle took round one. And I think if anything, yeah. Seattle was a little bit more desperate than San Francisco. Because Seattle was, Russell Wilson has never been in his career one and three. Yeah. So there was more pressure on Seattle. So they came out swinging and firing and they took care of business. And was it you that told me the stat of the Seahawks versus Jimmy G or just the Niners in general as of late? Yeah. It's something crazy. Super whack, man. Yeah. Something crazy where like funny. So the 49ers own the Rams, right? Mm -hmm. And then the, the the Rams own the Cardinals, yet the Seahawks own the Niners, and the Niners own the Rams. It's it's a crazy thing. It like kind that. of reminds me, and if you're a a fan of The Office, when Michael Scott, Dwight, and Andy are kind of just finger gunning each other at each other, like who's who's the best? You, me, me, you, you, me, me, you, you, you. So that's what that division that, feels like. That's, that's exactly what it is. That's so exactly that's what it's it not overreaction. Seattle, I feel, was a little bit more desperate than San Francisco. And they got the victory. And now they make it to 2-2. Two and two. San Francisco drops to 2-2. Two and two. Uh, The Rams are 3-1. and one, And the Cardinals are 4-0. and oh, So, Yep. They'll, they'll start playing each other just like the AFC West will, where it's that close. And definitions will be made. Lines will be drawn. Another line that went from 3-0 and oh to 3-1 and one were the undefeated Panthers visiting Jerry World. And that game's 36-28. I think it's a lot. The score doesn't indicate how far apart the Cowboys were from the Panthers. Uh, Sam Darnold rushing for two touchdowns. Kind of giving it a spin to try and really win. I think Matt Rule was trying to catch the Cowboys uh, off guard a little bit. But Zeke finally had a 100-plus rushing game. Dak threw for four touchdowns. Get this. I think it was four touchdowns, 188 yards. Crazy, right? Not a lot of yards for the amount of touchdowns. CD Lamb wasn't around. Uh, I did catch a little bit of that game. 
uh, solely because it was on and where we were at home, it was that's what was playing on the TV. Uh, the Panthers defense, I think, was the biggest thing that was talked about and was to be tested. They gave up 36 points. We'll see. It looks like the Cowboys are catching fire and the Panthers uh, will continue to compete against the Bucks in that division. What say you? Ours born defensively, perhaps for Dallas in yes. uh, digs. Five interceptions for the season already. Mm-hmm. We already had, not that we, but everybody had kind of blown up on Micah Parsons and he's proving precisely that, that he was probably the best defensive player. And it seems the Cowboys have finally figured out maybe that they didn't before, but they're running the football. It seems that Zeke is, is slowly but surely being right. featured a lot. And this was a, a perfect example because the Cardinals' rush defense was very stingy. And what did Dallas do? Just punch them in the mouth, ran it down their throat. Yes, Carolina was without C-Mac. I honestly don't think it would have changed the outcome mm. of this game. Maybe Dallas a has a lot of firepower, but Dallas had a very convincing victory other than the Chargers one, but they're on the right route. Yeah. Or they're they're the right where they up. should be. Yeah. Exactly. The trajectory is going up. And interesting factoid, Trayvon Diggs is brother to Stefan Diggs in Buffalo. Correct. Other game, Chiefs-Eagles in Philly. Chiefs- Mahomes has his biggest game of the year, and I think for a while, I think he threw for five touchdowns. The Eagles, Jalen Hurts, put up some good fantasy numbers, but fantasy isn't reality. Eagles lose 30-42. to 42. Uh, Other than it being a division game, I really didn't uh, care to look or uh, see the game. A couple of fantasy implications, but we'll get into that later on. Anything you want to add to that? No. Convincing victory. Tyreek Hill was Tyreek Hill. Absolutely. And I want to say not necessarily a potential star, but a fantasy nugget of a running back, maybe perhaps similar to Miles Gaskin last year, Mr. Gainwell out of Philadelphia. I've seen that. I've seen that. And that's a good point. Another uh, note that might or might not have fantasy implications, the Chiefs may start Josh Gordon week five. So we'll see what kind of impact he has on his 12th comeback from uh, smoking a little bit of the ganja. But regardless, uh, a surprise game for me, Giants, Saints, Giants in overtime to uh, take it to the Saints in New Orleans in what seems to be Saquon's coming out party. After being on injury, uh, had two strong touchdowns at the end to close the game out for the Giants with their four, there's that peanut butter, with the first victory of the season for the New York football Giants. What say you? I was surprised as well. I really thought the Saints defense was going to demolish the Giants and it became a game. And there's something missing in that offense of the Saints. Maybe it is Michael Thomas. Maybe it's that they still have training wheels on Jameis Winston. Maybe it's indecisiveness from Sean Payton because I, we saw a lot of Taysom Hill in this game. Yeah. But good for the Giants. Good for the Giants and good for the league because that only puts one team at 0-4, but we'll get to them in a bit. Meow. Bills-Texans. 
No, there's nothing to say other than the Texans yeah. get obliterated and the Bills defense looks amazing. <laughs> but again, it was the Texans. So 40 to zero. Eh, predictable. You? The same. Same. All right. Falcons, Washington football team in Atlanta. Close game. A game the Falcons should have had. And instead of the Falcons, they should become the tokens because, man. That reputation is, I mean, they just keep reinforcing with a different coaching staff, mind you, with a different coaching staff. And might I say, Dan Quinn is looking pretty good as a defensive coordinator. If you caught yesterday, uh, the telecast before the Monday night football game, they talked about a little bit specifically that Steve Young and Randy Moss Moss go back and forth and say, sometimes you can be a better coach directly for one suit, right? Offensive, defensive, special teams, O-line, D-line, whatever you want. There's good coaches in the NFL, but not every good coach is a good head coach. And Dan Quinn leaving Atlanta, going to the D in Big D has made a difference. And the Falcons just continue to unravel. There's nothing to say about that other than Washington needed the win and good old Tyler Taylor Tyler Heineke uh, gets another another win. Ex XFL player, I will say another fantasy nugget. Mr. Cordell Patterson is making oh. a name for himself in the most ironic way, playing running back slash receiver, and he's taking over perhaps Mike Davis, which we still don't know. It's still a little murky. He had a monster game. Cordell Patterson did. I'm sure he's no longer in waivers, but if there's still a possibility or maybe a trade chip, perhaps Cordell Patterson is the man. And we still have yet to see perhaps not necessarily the dominance, but that stock or that hype train that was Mr. Kyle Pitts. Yeah. He's very me. We'll see. You it's hard. What? It's hard being a tight end and contributing in the NFL. And we, we had talked about that, but yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? And shout out to bear force one who used Cordell Patterson to uh, give his young one a little bit of a spanking, but yeah. Anywho Vikings Browns didn't see it that I didn't looks like a defensive boring game. Browns win it 14, seven. The only notes that I saw, and it's because of fantasy, is that uh, your boy, 11th round pick two years ago in fantasy, Justin Jefferson, uh, had a solid game, uh, solidifying himself as a good wide receiver. And I'm actually surprised the Browns weren't able to hang more on the Vikings. I'm not sure if that's a... It speaks louder of lack of efficiency on the offensive side of the ball for Cleveland or that the Vikings actually have a good defense. What say you? Browns defense is real. The Browns defense is real. Miles Garrett is a beast. I don't know if you saw that picture that he actually got tested. Okay, so there was this picture that came out in Twitter. Okay. Where he has no sleeves. The guy is swole. He's huge. He's a monster. The NFL, the following day, which was obviously Monday today, send a random drug test to oh Miles Garrett. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> true story man check that out it's pretty I mean, funny haters gonna hate man i know right but a, a solid victory for the browns 
Yeah. I picked actually the Vikings to upset the Browns. They had a lot of opportunities. It was very defensive. We're starting to see, though, perhaps that Baker Mayfield becomes a little, a little obsessed with throwing to Odell Beckham. Mm. And that could be detrimental, perhaps. Because remember, there's no Jarvis Landry right now. Correct. So we'll see how that unravels. But a solid victory for the Browns. And a not so... A defeat is a defeat, but not a... A defeat that is inflated or you feel deflated. The Vikings had opportunities. They actually went on it on fourth down and they couldn't get it as time expired. So we'll see how that unfolds. But I think the Vikings are a very strong team. Unfortunately, they're in the same division as Aaron Rodgers and company. We'll see how that plays out. And in regards to the Browns, the Raiders see them in what's going to be a mean three-game streak of Browns Chiefs and Cowboys uh, as we get into November. So I don't look forward to that. Uh, something that I know you looked forward to was Colts Dolphins. Dolphins lose 17 to 27 in what seemed to be a must win for the Colts as the Tennessee Titans in that division don't seem to be doing so well uh, because of injury or planning or any of uh, thing going in their, going their way which we'll touch base on a bit, but Colts, Carson Wentz, uh, Jonathan Taylor seems to have his version of a coming out party. Uh, Colts win 27-17. Not much to say there other than uh, the Dolphins inconsistent. They they put up a great fight against Las Vegas, maybe an emotional drain game that they have in Las Vegas, and they go and sputter out at home against the Colts. What say you? The rumors will continue to persist in regards to Deshaun Watson. Mm. It's a wait-and-see approach. Miami is a front-runner. Their biggest area of need is quarterback. Yep. yep. We'll see how that unfolds. Lions-Bears. Bears take it 24-14. I thought that the Lions were going to win this game. I actually picked them uh, to win this game. But surprisingly enough, shout-out to Teddy. Shout-out to... Teddy Sr. And our fellow native Chicagoan in Chicago, your brother-in-law in in the realm of family, they they win. They win. And the Lions, I don't know. Questionable. I think to me, that's the most confusing team in the NFL right now are the Lions. But 24-14, that's what it is. That's what it was. Uh, We'll continue to... Uh, only care about the Lions because there's fantasy app implications. What's it? Pretty you? much. Yeah, I agree. I agree with everything you said. It was a very odd, odd game. I thought it was a lock for the Lions to, to not necessarily upset the Bears, but beat the Bears. They just came out flat and the Bears, kudos to the Bears and Matt Nagy. I'm sure Matt Nagy got a lot of crap last week in the media for everything that unfolded, the handling of Justin Fields, uh, the game that they played last week. But in the end, they came up with a much-needed victory. And here comes Las Vegas next week. Absolutely. And a questionable call as to how he is handling the quarterback one scenario. He keeps reinforcing that Andy Dalton is quarterback one. And you're going to hear it here first, gentlemen, and whoever else listens, ladies of football or moms of football, for that matter. 
I'd rather see Andy Dalton as a Raiders fan this Sunday than Justin Fields. And that is because the Raiders cannot defend a mobile quarterback. And that's exactly what Justin Fields is. We'll see. Bring on Andy Dalton, Matt Nagy. Mm-hmm. Red for Eiffel all day long. The Jets, they finally get a win in, in overtime. Congratulations to Salah. And this is exactly what I was talking about with the division. The Colts, Titans are in. The Titans without Julio Jones, without A.J. Brown, with the reigning rushing king and Henry, lose in New York in overtime 27 to 24. What do you think, Josh? I think it comes down to coaching. There's something about Mike Vrabel that you are convinced and then performances like this happen and you're like, what? Now, this is a perfect version of a trap game, right? Yeah, absolutely. Overlooking your opponent, especially if if they're winless. However, this can't happen. If you want to be that team in the AFC South, especially with all the turmoil that is happening, and you want to have a stamp, you got to win these games. You got to figure out a way to win, even if it's a trapping game, even if it's not necessarily a West Coast team, but from Nashville to New York is not all that bad. But you have to figure out a way to win this game, even if it, if it would take you overtime. Unfortunately, the Titans couldn't do so, and Salah finally gets a much-needed win. And good for Zach Wilson, and good for the Jets. A fantasy nugget. Michael Carter, running back, is emerging perhaps as not necessarily the lead back, but getting more playing snaps. He's very versatile. He catches out of the backfield, and that could be just what the doctor ordered in the form of a young signal caller, which is a case of Mr. Zach Wilson. And you called it, Josh, on last week's podcast. It seems to be that it is the year of the running back two, right? And with that, it brings a lot of muddiness to the waters of running back ones in the league. You got guys like Nick Chubb. You've got guys like even in Dallas with Tony Pollard up until, you know, this Sunday. You've got guys in Las Vegas and even here's another fantasy nugget for the Seahawks. Is it is that name is Collins? Alex Collins, yeah. Alex Collins taking some time or some runs away from Chris Carson. The year of the running back two is starting to emerge and there's a scramble already. I can hear it in the fantasy underlines of uh, both the leagues that you're in already for those running back twos. Also to mention that running back Joe Mixon looks like he's going to miss some time because of some injury that happened on our last game to talk about Thursday night. Jaguars, Bengals, Bengals, oh, Bengals, Bengals. <laughs> Bungalows, Jaguars, Bengals. It was, it almost looked like the Jaguars were going to have their first win. I did catch some of that game. It was good play calling. It was uh, execution. It was good defense. They did lose, I think, is was it Chark to a broken Big ankle Chark, for like the rest the of the year? First couple like the of first days. play, I think, the yeah. first drive for sure. Regardless, tough loss and a little bit of controversy this weekend with Coach Urban Meyer getting a lap dance at a bar, losing the trust of his players and 
the front office, that doesn't bode well. And I think they'd rather have a good old Tim Tebow as coach right now, other than crazy urban. I, I'm not going to say that I called it. No. But there was already a lot of questionable decisions made by Urban Meyer. And once again, he shows his ugly face. If you're a head coach of a NFL, of a professional football team, let alone you're married and you have kids, bro, what the heck? Number one, okay, here's the thing. Coaches are entitled to unwind. Whatever, I know it's a very high-pressure situation Absolutely. job. I get it. But, bro, I know that you played Thursday. You're meaning to tell me that instead of drawing up, and for all we know, maybe he did, instead of worrying more about how to get your team out of this hole, you're more preoccupied in watching the Ohio State game on Saturday and getting grinded by this girl rather than sitting your butt at home or your facility at Jacksonville and figuring out what it needs, what you need to do in order to get the Jaguars on the right path. You're telling me that it was more important watching Ohio state. I, I don't, I don't get it, man. I, a little bit, a little bit of separation anxiety from the college football world instead of the NFL. Biggest if you're shot con, if you're shot con and you're the owner, you must not be at all pleased with how everything has transpired in the offseason. No. Remember, he hired that super uh, controversial uh, strength and conditioning coach, and he got crap for it to begin with. And then a lot of questionable calls. He asked for all this money. He asked for the facilities to be revved up. Shot Khan pretty much gave him a blank check and say, do it, bro. Whatever you want. You bring it and, to and him. He's get, and he's getting paid handsomely for this, okay? Handsomely to, to go from college to NFL, although he was retired. Mm-hmm. And then not only that, but maybe some of your, your selections, not necessarily with Trevor Lawrence, but you drafted Travis Etienne, which I'm a big supporter of. But you already had James Robinson. You need you had holes elsewhere, mm-hmm. and you're telling me that you wasted another first round pick on a running back. Okay, Freak. fine. Tim Tebow, what the hell are you doing in getting Tim Tebow? How does that make your team better? Jesus. <laughs> I don't and then know. now this, and then now this. I don't know, man. That if you, I don't it know any is... Jack, Jacksonville Jaguar fans. And I'm sure they're just like Charger fans. There's probably two out there. And I'm not hating, but it is true. But, man, you were so pumped for this season. You're getting Urban Meyer. It's a lock that you're getting Trevor Lawrence, a prospect that. And so far, nothing has worked. It is the biggest dumpster fire of the 2021 NFL season right now. Not only that, imagine Trevor Lawrence. Going from only losing three, was it three or four? Four games in his whole football career, stepping back to high school, high school. through college, into the NFL, and in his first four weeks of a professional game where he leaves the team, he's lost all of them. Absolutely all of them. 
Horrible, horrible. If your team is at three and one and you felt a little down on yourself, like I did this morning, just, just take a look at Jacksonville and you'll feel a lot better. It's a boost of morale, man. It's a boost of morale. Man. Anyway, Unbelievable. Quick fire. I'm going to go. And then you just say uh, the team that you feel. Don't think about it. I'll, I'll do one. You do one. Thursday night. Rams, Seahawks. Go. Rams. Jets, Falcons. Jets. Patriots, Texans. Go. Patriots. Lions, Vikings. Lions. Eagles, Panthers. Go. Yeah, I'm still sticking with the Lions. Dang, bro. Uh, say it again. Eagles, Panthers? Yes. Panthers. Saints, Washington. Ooh. That 50-50. If I had to pick, I'm going to go Saints. Titans, Jaguars. Go. Titans. Dolphins, if the Bucks. Titans cannot win this game, bro. Oh, my gosh. Who's better? Vrabel? He might get fired. I think he was in the hot seat not too long ago, but King Henry saved him. You know who's in the hot seat right now? Urban Meyer. It's a by hot his couch. wife and by his owner. Oof. Ouch. Anyway, both owners in his life, actually. <laughs> uh, Dolphins, Bucks. 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 Packers, Bengals. Go. Packers. Broncos, Steelers. That's... if. Look, if Locke starts, Steelers. That all depends on Teddy. If Teddy comes in, Broncos. Agreed. Browns, Chargers. Go. That's a good one, man. That's a 50 that is a That is a really good game. That's a good one. Where is it at? Not that it matters, but in where LA. is it at? I'm going to go with Browns. Giants, Cowboys in Arlington. I'm going to go. Cowboys. I'm going to go upset, upset alert. That's oh. mine. Giants. Upset special, Yinko? The Giants always, always play the Cowboys hard at home. Mr. Jason Garrett wants to make hey, life hey, a living hey, hell. Hey, hey, headset adjustment. Hey, hey, utility belt adjustment. Hey, 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 play sheet in my, in my waistband. Hey, hey, hey. Niners, Cardinals. Go. Cardinals, man. Woo. Especially if Jimmy G doesn't play. Bills, Chiefs. That's the Sunday night game, and what a Sunday night game that will be. It's in KC. Arrowhead will be ablaze. The Chiefs really need this one, and I think the Chiefs needed this this last week to come to come in. I think the Chiefs takes it. Okay, I'm going to answer like this. I think the Chiefs should win, but if you're the Bills and you want to be that team, you want to be in that – you want to be that team. You want to be in the hierarchy. This is a game that you have to figure out how to beat, how to beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead. I think that's. I think the Chiefs are beatable by the. Are, are yeah, beatable they are. And that the Bills uh, can definitely. It might be that. a shootout. It could be a shootout. Colts Ravens Monday night feels to me like it's a trap game for the Ravens. I still think Ravens prevail and they end up going four and one. Baltimore. Game of the week. Gum game. Gum. <laughs> game of the week. Gum. Bears Raiders. Game Sunday, of the week. <laughs> well, I mean, it's our podcast, right? So it's game yes. of the game of the week. Bears Raiders in Las Vegas. Oh, the the Raiders need this one. Uh, let's face it. Even if the Bears tried, they're not getting out of their own division. There's too much going on. Non-biased opinion and Raider opinion as a fan. Raiders win this one. Hopefully, they should. They should. They should. They should. That is 
week five previewed. That was week four uh, put in to a quick summary. And now let's talk about fantasy football. And before we get into the particular leagues itself, because we're both going to notate, just let's just, I'm going to do a couple of quick takes, takes on fantasy waiver wire targets for week five. All right. Not a lot, but here we go. Quarterbacks, Sam Darnold. He's been balling out as of late. He's doing a lot without Christian McCaffrey. I think it's, it's, it's easy to say that Sam Darnold is at least a safe-ish start as a quarterback, especially if you're one of your quarterbacks was Teddy Bridgewater or Jimmy G. Agreed. Running backs, you mentioned, let's just reiterate, who was the one that you said was coming up in the Jets? Mr. Mr. Michael Carter from the Jets. And I don't know if you're going to say this, but also Gainwell from Philadelphia. No, perfect. He's on this list that I was looking at as well. I'm going to add a couple. Latavius Murray is now the Ravens' lead running back. Uh, Mm -hmm. Tyson Williams has taken a seat. And it looks like uh, Latavius Murray is starting to get more. He played 63% of the snaps. However, they did activate Le'Veon Bell from the practice squad. So he's probably going to be the backup in Baltimore Latavius Murray, I think he was already on a couple of rosters, but according to Yahoo, uh, he was still on 40% of all free agents, free agent uh, waiver wire pickups. A little bit of a shocker, especially with uh, as as recent as uh, last week where they started implementing him more. Maybe people don't watch or maybe just losers play on Yahoo. Who knows? Uh, Damian Damian Williams is a questionable one because he's injured as well with a thigh Contusion, thigh bruise. Uh, David Montgomery is believed to have avoided an ACL tear. However, it's undetermined how long he'll be out. So running backs in Chicago, something to speak about. Uh, If you really, really want to take a deep dive, I'm going to suggest two. Alex Collins in Seattle and Brandon Bolden. That's one of the, with the Patriots, do you ever trust any Patriot running back? I don't either. Never. That's a that's a deep. Not even receivers. No, that, that's I, I a was, deep, deep I, start. I was. I, I don't want to jump ahead here, but I was severely debating whether or not to get because he had a strong showing. Uh, Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, Kendrick Kendrick Bourne kind of flew out, but I'm like, no, I, I just can't. I just can't do it, man. I can't put it. I, I can't put fantasy implications. Anytime it has New England, other than with what we already knew, which was Tom Brady, but yeah. he's no longer there. So, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, honorable mention, Samaj P. Ryan, especially if Joe Mixon is out in Cincinnati. Wide receivers, you already mentioned one. Uh, Born, I'm going to throw out there a couple Jameson Crowder, Emmanuel Sanders, and Tim Patrick in Denver. Uh, Hunter Renfro, bro. Hunter Renfro, if he's not on your bench already or you haven't started him, Shame on you. Shame on you. Hunter Renfro. Uh, if you really want to get super deep, Randall Cobb is either feast or famine and Amon Raw St. Brown. Interesting. Tight ends. You have one of the ones mentioned here. I think you start and roll with Dawson Knox. He's become He's more consistent. Touchdown machine, man. He's become a consistent guy, man. So flex and or tight end. 
Uh, Dalton Schultz is Schultz. Schultz. I'm not sure how you say that. Is starting He's to pick too. up more targets than Blake Jarwin. And then uh, Zach Ertz is starting to creep up after having a fall from the top uh, at to a degree. So uh, we got to keep, keep this rolling, keep this going. That's kind of our waiver wire week five for the podcast. Right. FFF. How do you feel about being three and one jerk? Let me tell you how it doesn't feel like being one and three. Oh. Does it feel? I'll just run through this real quick. Uh, Team Yenko, I lost to LA Lambs. I always, I always look back and think if I would have done this or that or that or this, I would have beat or I could have won. And that's two weeks in a row for me now. I had the lineup right. uh, against Chicharitos where I could have beat him. And I had the lineup against LA Lambs where I could have beat him. However, if, if some butts were candy and nuts, my fantasy world would be a pender place, and it's not right now. It's pretty dark. I am not 0-4, as some of them in our league are. Fly, Eagles fly. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, Team Yanko loses to LA Lambs. We had Master Deflator. That's you, Josh. Go against Commissioner Los Chicharitos uh, in a rather convincing form, 147-102. to 102. Who was your big player, Master Deflator? Who, who got you the points this week? Man... You have it right in front of you because I had the other one open. I do. So I'll, I'll talk in. about it. I'll talk about it. So Master Deflator, your biggest one, and I think surprisingly was Chase Edmonds. He did pretty good. Matt Ryan in a losing effort, put in 29 points. And then Gainwell, as you alluded to, 20 points. So a good mix-up in which what easily could have been uh, a little bit of a quarrel for you. especially. And that's with Cooper Cup having a down game. Cooper Cup did have a down game. So uh, kudos to your starting lineup. Gronky Kong goes on 4-0, and taking a grasp and a tough hold uh, of the division and the FFF North. Gronky Kong beating Austin Whiteheads by 17 points. The big scorer for Jair and Gronky Kong. Let's see, who was it? I had it in front of me, and now... Everybody. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't even think I need to Austin mention... Austin Eckler. Yeah, Eckler. Eckler. He scored 29 he points. He did have. He has Josh Allen, and then he has Justin Jefferson. Those were the the ones that kind of bursted out for him. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, With that, continuing on, Machina de Fuego in a close. I can't catch a break, bro. I can't catch a break. I got you, Eric. (laughs) I got you, bro. Machina de Fuego is with the slimmest of slim margins of victory. Winning by point one four against CD Goats, and that's because of the Chargers' defense. I mean, poor Joel, man. Poor Joel, just... who drops, according to the power rankings in the NFL within our league, four spots to 13th in our league, at, sitting at yeah. one and three. Hall of Layman, Los Osos, close game, 127, 119. Los Osos just uh, continues to put a consistent effort going up two spots in the power rankings, moving up to sixth place overall and the FFF. We had healthy dynamic win by 24 points. What it looks like uh, kudos to Freddie and his team. I think he had a, a showing by and moving up six spots in the power rankings. He had Daniel a Jones. showing by da- that's who it was. Daniel Jones, Scary 26 Terry. points. Scary, Scary Terry, Terry had 30 points. Amazing. 
Amazing. And, and shout out, shout out because I saw he picked this guy up, Mr. Denzel Perriman, mm-hmm. linebacker for the Raiders. You want to yep, know how many points he gave points him? Too. How many? Eleven, bro. That's big for a defensive 11. player. That's huge. huge. That was huge. <laughs> COVID-49, Fly Eagles Fly. COVID-49 demolishes Fly Eagles Fly, but a margin of about 30 points. COVID-49 started Josh Jacobs. Uh, although he didn't get a lot of points out of him, he also had Justin Herbert. He also had Jared Cook. And he also had Monday Night Football to thank in, uh, as a whole uh, for his win in the FFF, putting him now at 2-2. Two and two. And We've got Bear Force 1, who... Uh, went to town on his own kid. Ouch. Showing him a lesson. 186, the high score of the week to 144 on the 50 tours. Uh, a little bit of sympathy for your kid next time. Anyway, power rankings right now. I'm only going to go top six. Gronky Kong, number one. Number two would be Bear Force One. Number three, Master Deflator. Number Oh, actually, you're number four, Master Deflator. Number three is Los Mireyes. Number five, you've got Máquina de Fuego, newcomer. And number six, Los Osos. And that's of top six right now. Uh, I'm sitting at 11. I'm surprised I'm sitting at 11. It's, you know what? The hardest fall is when you fall from the top, and I have fallen hard. Uh, Preview of next week, real quick. Week five. Team Yankel goes against COVID-49. I need to win. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I need to win. Support the trades, gentlemen. That's all I got to say. Support the trades. Los Chicharitos goes against CD Goats. Healthy Dynamic against Gronky Kong. LA Lambs, Master Deflator. 50 Tours, Los Mireyes, Los Osos. Austin Whitebeards, Bear Force One, Máquina de Fuego. Fly Eagles Fly, Hall of Lame. Set your lineups. Pick up your waivers. Give them to me. Give me all your trades. I'm taking everything. Nothing is out of the ordinary. Even my first round pick, Darren Waller, is up for sale. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go all in, gentlemen. I gotta go all in. The FFF is starting to show its ugly head in regards to having 16 teams. It's either feast or famine, especially at the running back position. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, The FFF uh, has a lot of connections into the. Chuko boys, take it away. A lot of craziness happened here, but we begin with the Neon Ninjas, which is co-commissioner facing the Poppies. And Neon Ninjas took care of business because they win 121 over 115. Uh, Neon Ninjas improves to two and two. That's two straight victories for him. Poppies falls to one and three. So, no bueno. We go now to SF Dad playing Mean Machine. And SF Dad handled it. He went to, he scored 162 over 104. SF Dad goes to two and two. Mean Machine drops to one and three. No bueno. And we now begin with the, which were the, Blazing Colts, they started off 2-0 and they were smoking everybody. Well, they have just come down to earth because they face this week Los Osos, a.k.a. Teddy. And Teddy walks away with this one. He wins 134-101. to Teddy improves to 2-2. Blazing Colts falls to 2-2. Two straight losses for Rafa's team. 
healthy dynamic against Apex Predators. Apex Predators being last year's champ and healthy dynamic. It was a very close game. Walk away with a victory, 143 to 139. We now go to Chicagones against America's Big D. And Chicagones took care of business. They scored 141. America's Big D drops, and they scored 98. Two straight losses for Jerry. And back to the drawing board. And we conclude the action with Los Piratones, a.k.a. yours truly, facing Los Chicharitos. Los Chicharitos walks away with this one. 110 to 82. 82, Yanko. I am basically your version in Chuco. So I fall to one and three. Los Chicharitos improves to three and one. So it is what it is, bro. That's what happens when Logan Thomas gives you a grand zero points. A zero burger. A zero burger. It is what it is. Chicharitos walks away with a victory. Uh, and in regards to power rankings, I have not checked how theirs lined up. I don't know for whatever reason it was a little glitchy in, in regards to Chuko. I don't know why it says that you have to something about let, let me check. Oh, now they're up. So I'm just going to go top six. Over. Healthy dynamic is sitting in uh, first place right now, followed in second place by Los Chicharitos. Third place is Chicagones. Fourth place is Apex Predators. Fifth place, Los Osos. Sixth place, America's Big D team. So those were the those would be the six. This is non-division. It's just a straight uh, overall record. First six teams make it. And obviously, the other six are toilet bowls. So yours truly is in last place right now. Ouch town. Population me, bro. <laughs> you know, I, I'm in about five leagues, and I only won one of them this week. So that definitely, definitely hurts. Uh, let's wrap it up with overreactions. We've talked about fantasy. We've talked about the real NFL. I'm going to give you a couple of scenarios, and you tell me if I'm overreacting or not. Very well. Kylie Murray is a lock to win MVP. What do you think? Is he or is he not? If he, if he keeps playing the way he's playing, yes. I completely agree. The last time Kylo Murray put up some, these type of numbers, not the last time, as Kylo Murray progresses to put in this type of numbers, it brings comparisons to the groups that won the MVP and also made it to the Super Bowl. 2013, Peyton Manning with the Broncos. 2007, Tom Brady with obviously the Patriots and 2002. Do you remember who the MVP was in 2002? Rich Gannon, bro. Rich Gannon. I'll put up stellar numbers and he's on pace to do the exact same thing. And similarly to do it. And mind you him, he's doing it at a very, very strong 510, 511. What he's a, he's, he's a freak, man. He's he's an athlete and good for Kyler Murray. And, if he continues to do so, there shouldn't be a reason why he shouldn't win MVP. Overreaction? Bills have the best defense since the 2000 Ravens. Overreaction. Let me give you some numbers. The Ravens of 2000 at 3-1 and one 
allowed an average of 13.8 points per game, posted 10 sacks and 10 takeaways. The Bills, you might say, let me tell you. At 3-1, they have allowed 11 points per game, although they still lost somehow to the Steelers, have posted 12 sacks and 11 takeaways. I tell you what, if you could do that against KC the Sunday, no overreaction there. That is a very, very true statement. Not to honorable mention, not to forget that the 85 Bears were also a very, very strong defense. The Bears. We mentioned this earlier. The most valuable defensive player in the league right now, Trayvon Diggs. Overreaction, underreaction. Underreaction. I agree. How do you you improve a 1-3 and start last year into this year for the Cowboys? With a great defense and Trayvon Diggs is a second-year stud, again, posting numbers that are bringing similar uh, comparisons to primetime himself. Interesting. Here's one for you. Is Debo Samuel the next Jerry Rice 2.0? Now, let me give you a little bit of, of reasoning for this one. I saw if, our, if the listeners could have seen your physical reaction, it was a little bit more of a taken back, right? But... Hear me out. The gold standard at wide receiver is Jerry Rice, right? Correct. He first cracked 450 yards through four games in 1988 at the age of 25. Like Rice in 88, Samuel is 25 years old, has made 20 receptions for 476 yards and four touchdowns in the first four weeks of the season. That year, Rice finished in the Super Bowl. That means that Debo Samuel and company maybe make the Super Bowl? Who knows? Debo Samuel, Jerry Rice 2.0? Overreaction? Yes. Although I might say that he is, he's basically, I'm not going to say as far as like the, the offense goes on his pace, like on, on his back. But he's the go-to person, basically. Absolutely, absolutely. He he gets he is definitely even with the likes of George Kittle there. Yep, yep. And you know who else draws that comparison? Is the uh, DJ Moore in Carolina. Carolina? He's doing a lot, also. All right, last overreaction. Here we go. Kurt Warner, nineteen ninety-nine. Peyton Manning, nineteen ninety-nine. Dan Marino, nineteen eighty-four. Are members of the club in which their teams went three and one came back from a big injury and is the fourth second we're fourth second year quarterbacks in the era of the Super Bowl to post two or more passing touchdowns in each of their team's first four games. So is it time to fit Joe Burrow for his gold jacket? Oh. A little early, but we're a quarter into the season, Josh. These are the headlines of a a quarter into the season, other than the Raiders being three and one, but a quarter into the season, let that sit in. We waited so long for the NFL season to start. And it's just, it's like, can you, you? can you remember what I mentioned? I was about Saturday to say when we kicked it, go ahead. Yanko. I was about to say I'm holding a metaphorical dandelion in my hand. And you're and going the, and with it are the weeks of the NFL spreading its seed 
all over our disdain because eventually it will grow back at the end of February when football is gone. Friends, fellow FFFs, fellow Chuka boys, what say you interact next time? What say you reach out and let us know about what you think is going to happen, what you think is going to be happening in week five. Josh, it's been a pleasure. As always, you have any concluding comments? Not at all, my friend. It's good to, good to have you back. It's I'm glad always to be better back. when there's two. I'm glad to be back, uh, and I'm glad to announce that I may not be here on Monday as I will be attending a, a cousin's God. wedding in Tampa. But I will touch base uh, with you to make sure that uh, that is arranged because I don't know what time I fly back in. I'm a busy man. I'm a busy Let man with a busy schedule. But it was good. I do have one concluding comment. Mike Williams! Later. Peace.